0: Well, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. You're in the right place. This is Business of Design. I'm advocate in chief, Kimberly Selden, and by the way, a working interior design professional, so I know what you're going through. And our guest today does too. We have an amazing Business of Design member, Christian Warren, who is originally from Tennessee, but now has moved to Los Angeles. And Christian had a question that we thought would be a perfect topic for the podcast. So I'm just going to read you her initial inquiry to us. This is from Christian. Hey, Kimberly. First of all, thank you so much. You have completely changed the game for me. I hope you can hear the smile in my voice because we hear this a lot and it just makes me so happy. Christian says, because of the business of design process, she is more profitable than ever, all caps, and she now has the confidence to pursue the job she's always dreamed of having. She says she's in a situation that's unique because she established her design firm in Tennessee and she wasn't very profitable there. Then on a whim, moved to Los Angeles, COVID happened, and she ends up getting a lot of projects in Tennessee, but now is extremely profitable. And here's the dilemma. Christian says, while she's enjoyed reconnecting with great clients from back in Tennessee and traveling back and forth... She's now finding because she's got a daughter at home that the traveling is a little exhausting and she's decided not to take on any more clients in Tennessee, but wants to focus exclusively on her new home in LA. Only problem she says is, I have no idea how to do that. So that's the conversation today. It may apply to you if you've changed the cities. It could also apply to you if you're just starting out and you haven't nailed that first client or you're wondering how you're going to get that first client to come on board. Christian is full of really practical, good advice. And I love none of it is theory for her. She's tried it. She used to do it a different way. Now she does it the BOD way and she is living proof that it works. It will work for you too. You're going to love Christian and you can follow her on Instagram, SCW underscore D underscore studio. And if you're driving, you can't write that down. Go to Business of Design in the show notes. You'll see her gorgeous picture. You'll see Christian's bio and you'll see information on how you can get in touch with her. If you're not already friends with everyone in the business of design community, you're really missing out. This is such a loving, inclusive group with so much wisdom. I'm so grateful to have you guys in my life. I'm so grateful to have this woman in my life too. Let's hear from Cheryl Horn and then get into the show. We're really glad you're here. By the way, this episode is episode 292, Starting Over, Starting High with Christian Horn. Cheryl, what's happening at Business of Design? A lot. It's been a busy month.
1: Um, And this week, (laughs) we've been leading up to this for a long time, but we're finally doing uh, your commercial contract. So that's going to be a two-hour seminar on Thursday, which is September 29th at 12 p.m. EST. And you're going to walk through how the 15 steps work on a commercial project.
0: Yes. A lot of people ask me that. Now, I don't do, you know, multi-unit skyscrapers. I tend to do those commercial projects where I'm working in a residential project and the homeowner will say, oh, we also have an office. We need a boardroom. Or we also have a condo. Could you do the lobby? Uh, and I love the commercial work I do, and I just exactly follow the fifteen steps with a few modifications. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be that'll be a nice addition uh, to the offering that we have at Business of Design because we've never offered that up before.
1: No, I know you get a lot of coaching calls about that. We do have um, a lot of residential designers who sort of use that coaching opportunity to transition into commercial. We get a lot of phone calls like, "I need to book a call with Kimberly." I've got you know, a consultation next week for my first commercial project, what do I do? Exactly, exactly right. Okay, so that's coming up. Yeah, I better be ready for that. And what what else? Well, coming up in a couple weeks, you're headed to Charleston and Savannah to do some planning uh, for the retreat. And we've just opened registration for that, which is exciting.
0: I am, and I will be meeting a couple of Business of Design members there who are going to share some secret sources with us, and uh, we will be working on our learnings just to make sure that we have content that's new. Boy, the retreat every year I think it's going to be impossible to come up with new content and every year we do and I come away so energized and fired up and I guess people were looking forward to it because the minute you made the announcement we immediately got registrations for the retreat. Yeah which is nice the last couple years it's been so
1: quiet and we've sort of pushed off doing these live events because we just weren't sure what people were up for yet and Everyone is definitely ready to get out and travel. I was surprised how quickly we've been getting registrations, which is super excited because I know how uh, much planning goes into this. And once you've done that initial planning trip, you're like right in retreat mode. (laughs) Right. And
0: a retreat can change your life. It really, truly can transform your business and it can give you the motivation you need for an entire year. So I, for one, uh, really get so much out of them. It's always uh, such a joy. So, Wow. Yeah. So registration is already open. Um, so make sure you check out
1: the details on the website. It's going to be happening on April 27th to 30th, 2023, which sounds far away, but it's really not. Oh. Uh, we do have early bird pricing on right now. And of course, members are going to save on top of that. So uh, head to the website for details. And by all means, reach out to me, Charlotte, businessofdesign.com if you have any questions.
0: Yes. And if you had a good year, remember, this is a tax write-off. It, it is, is. it's like a business expense. Can travel for business. It's great. Yeah. Good oh, learning. it's good Join to your face. I miss your face. I know you were traveling for so long, but yeah, uh, you're back, thank you for back holding it through. all together. You know, I tried. What what do I need to do? You're like nothing. The designer <laughs> team is like nothing. Everything is fine. Go away again. Okay, great. Right.
1: <laughs> it's kind of got to be a good feeling, though. It it, it sounds
0: bad, but it's got to be a good feeling. You remember what it was like? I didn't. I didn't feel like I could take a day off. yeah i mean i couldn't take a day off so and as staff feeling awful having to reach out because we
1: needed that yes or no or whatever it was before moving things forward
0: yeah it works for everybody yay well if you're happy to work i'm happy to go away so just (laughs) let me know (laughs) thanks cheryl talk to you soon bye
2: welcome to the business of design podcast with kimberly selden and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too.
3: Hi. I really, I feel like um, I'm
0: talking to my fairy godmother. <laughs> everyone tells you that. Oh, I, you know what? I feel so lucky to have you guys in my life because you just reinforced for me what I need to do every single day, which seems ridiculous because I've been doing it 15 years, but I still am rewired in this strange way that makes me want to like just wing it, which is really bad for me. Anyway, thank you. That's so nice.
3: It's true. It's true. Anytime I want to misbehave, I'm like, what would Kimberly say? What would Kimberly do? I can't.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. I actually do that sometimes too. I'll say, what would Kimberly say? I'm like, everybody will be so disappointed in me if I do this stupid thing. I have to do the right thing here. And uh, it gives me courage. That's for sure. I just want to check your levels. Um, so just tell me what you had for breakfast.
3: Um, I had coffee and Cinnamon sugar toast from Trader Joe's. It was Ooh. that really thick bread with the raisins and the and the cinnamon. And I've been on a carbs kick since I had the kid, and I can't get off it. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said you've been on a carbs kid a carb kick since you had the kid. Who is the kid? Tell us about the kid and how old is she?
3: Bernadette. She's um, 19 months old. We call her Bernie. She's
0: just the oh, sweetest. So cute. I love it. So don't be surprised if we hear her in the background.
3: Yeah. And I live on a pretty busy street corner and it's it's a little noisy, but...
0: Uh, um, don't worry about it. So Christian, w- tell everybody the, the big news, like where you're from and where you're moving to and the, and the reason that we're having this conversation on the podcast.
3: Okay. So um, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, and I actually have lived in Los Angeles for four years. So... It's it's a little bit of a complicated, weird situation. I um I started a business in maybe like 2010 in Memphis. I was married at the time, and I had a pretty successful husband who allowed me to treat my business kind of like a hobby, oh, and hello.
0: I did. Yep, yep. It's a familiar story. People,
3: yeah. yeah. I paid for people's product. I worked for free. I painted the walls. I did all that stuff. Um, definitely didn't log my hours, just you know, flat fees of like $5, pretty much <laughs> looking back at it. It felt, it feels like it was about that much. You're not and alone.
0: So do you yeah. don't, don't feel apologetic. Cause you're not alone. A lot of people listening are just nodding their heads and going, uh-huh. Yep. Done that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So that was my journey for about three years. And then in, um, well, maybe my timeline's a little bit off. I started the business in, in 2010 Um, and again, it was just a hobby. And then in 2017, I got divorced, um, moved to, uh, Los Angeles, like on a whim. Like it was the most random thing. I had no reason to come to LA. I just had one friend who was like, come to LA. You'll love it. I promise. And I was like, okay, I visited, (laughs) the sun was shining and it was just so beautiful. And I was like, okay, I'm going to come here and heal. I'm going to start over and, and just enjoy what this place has to offer. Um so I started working for another designer it was just he and I for um I guess about 3 years and then covid hit oh. and all of, yeah and out of nowhere clients from way back when were like hey we bought a new house or let's finish this project um and then new clients came my way too from Tennessee
0: Oh I was going to say so you're living in Los Angeles but you're now getting calls for jobs in Tennessee
3: yeah um so I just thought okay like sure let's let's give it a go everybody was
0: remote anyway right during COVID it's like what didn't really matter where your clients were sure we can help you
3: totally so it just felt like yeah that makes that makes sense um even if they were in Los Angeles I'd have to be doing it from the sofa so it was fine um, and actually right before COVID hit, my former boss had shared your podcast with me. It's funny because he thought he was sharing business of home and he sent <laughs> business of, cause he wanted me to listen to some famous decorator talk about something fancy. And he sent your podcast and I came to work and I was like, Jason, did you hear what this woman is saying? Like, we have to bill hourly. It has to be this way. There are these 15 steps. Like it's blowing my mind. Let's talk about it. And he was kind of like, okay, Christian, like I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm going to keep with my system, but whatever. But you had kind of like been dropped into my lap by what felt like fate.
0: That is so funny. Thank you, Jason, <laughs> for that unintentional connection.
3: Yeah. So I had just been listening. I had no clients at the time. I was just listening because I just found it so intriguing and enlightening and mind-blowing. And I was just like soaking it up like a sponge. So when my former clients and new clients came to me, I had all of this information in my arsenal that I wanted to implement. I was ready to try the system. I was ready to start logging my hours um, and ready to present a new face. To these clients, so um, it really was like the timing was amazing. So with those first few clients, I I really was mostly focused on the billing, like the, the hourly logging, because that for me, like at that point, I wasn't a member of VOD. I was just listening to the podcast, and that was the thing that I just heard people repeat again and again and again. Um, so I tried it, and that first project, like I was profitable, <laughs> and it was just all of right.
0: It's kind of funny, right? Like it's, it's a pretty easy career to be profitable in. Just, you just have to charge. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. And I didn't charge enough, but I charged, you know, um, and I was working for my former boss at the time and then doing this on the side. So I'd wake up at like 4 a.m. and get my projects in and, and, you know, just had my little side hustle. Um, and then a former client who was a builder asked me to do a show house for him in Tennessee. So we started working on that together. And I mean, show houses are never like cut and dry or (laughs) that easier, that profitable. Right. But I did it. And um, it led to the biggest job I've had yet, which was like a, a new build and redecorating and or totally new furniture, everything. So like, I'm selecting the moldings or, you know, paint colors, floors, every stitch of furniture. Like they're not keeping a single thing.
0: So good.
3: So good. Like so ideal. And they're the kindest, like most amenable people. They, I followed the the 15 steps and especially those first introductory um, meetings where it was like me reading through the contract with them.
0: Yeah.
3: Very, very thorough and helping and to understand the billing process, etc., and the fifteen steps, and they were just so excited that I was organized, like above all, because they had never even seen anything I'd done, and they didn't care.
0: That's they hilarious. Were had that they I worked was, with had they worked with other designers before? This is their first time with a designer. Okay, they hit the jackpot. Their,
3: well, and they're in their mid sixties. They're building their dream home. They've got plenty of money. They're working with this builder who helped, or excuse me, who brought me on for the um, the showcase house. Um, and so they're just, they're super ideal. Um, but so all that to say, I, my first year as a side hustle, Kimberly, I made six figures.
0: See, you see everybody. And we always say like, that's the entry level to to make six figures because there's a lot of coaches out there who say, I can help you make six figures. And you're like, wait a minute, really? That's the goal? No, that's the entry level. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting down anyone who's finally making six figures. I remember when that moment happened and we have to get there, but there's six figures and then there's six figures when I started Business of Design, I thought six figures was a pretty good goal. And now I'm thinking seven figures is a pretty good goal, but we'll take upper six figures. You know what I mean?
3: Totally. Like now that I know that that's possible, it just felt like I had to, I just wanted to keep doubling. So I got pregnant with Bernadette in 2020 and then had her 2021. I did take a little bit of time off and I did that showcase house. So it wasn't six figures that next year, but this year, Kimberly, I'm slotted to make more than double what I made
0: the first year. A yay. Okay. And we hear, I mean, I'm. we honestly, we hear that all the time. So if you're not yet a member, you should be a member. Like we just hear it all the time and it's music to my ears because I remember what it felt like to go from no profitability or negative profitability to some profitability to more to more to like, oh my God, I can't even believe it now.
3: Yeah. And it's funny because, I mean, I really see this as a spiritual practice too, you know, like my career is the arena in which I'm going to uplevel myself.
0: Yeah,
3: and um, so I set some goals at the beginning of the year that felt totally unachievable, but felt like a, a, a spiritual practice that I needed to 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 do. And one of them was buying a house, and we we just got the keys yesterday to our, our first home, and I never thought I'd own a home in LA. And all of the, I mean that is because I, I did the 15 steps.
0: Period. I. I am so excited for you. Where like approximately, you know, don't give us the address, but kind of what neighborhood are you in?
3: We're in the Valley. We're next to Encino.
0: I love. Okay, so my daughter is currently living in Studio City. So I I know where that is. Yeah, yeah. She lives close to the Garland. Nice. Okay. Yeah. A
3: little fourteen hundred square foot mid-century home, but like it is so perfect for our family. We're so excited.
0: And to be able to buy a home in LA is no small accomplishment. It's an expensive (laughs) place. So congratulations.
3: And I have to tell you, Kimberly, it's so funny because I'm self-employed, obviously. And so they like comb through your finances to get you approved. And the honestly, the biggest thing they had an issue with, they're like, Why are these deposits so big? I had to prove why I was making so much money.
0: Wow. I wish everybody listening is going to have that same problem coming up. That's amazing. You have to justify why you have so much money. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it.
3: Yeah. Um, So this big project in Tennessee is coming to a close. And again, part of that like spiritual practice for me is weeding out things that don't make me feel good anymore and traveling back to my hometown where my divorce happened, where just like the energy's a little bit off for me. And I kind of feel like a big fish in a small pond. I'd really like to step into my worth as a designer and a professional and know that I can have work here where I, where I've chosen to be where my family is and, and a place that I never thought I'd have a career. Um, so I just, I want to know how you do that <laughs> because when I started my career, it was it's easy to, to to you know bring in clients on a referral basis in a smaller town because there's not a big pool of people, right? Um, and you're you're also getting referrals from people who have known you for a long time and trust you. And if you say you're going to do something, they know that. So um, I just don't know how to find my clients here. Um, I mean, I moved here four years ago and most of that's been COVID time too. Mm-hmm. So it's been hard to make like a network of people.
0: Yeah. It's almost like you're starting from scratch. Totally. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but I also, I don't want to take on new projects in Tennessee because I really believe that if I keep my kind of channel full of of th- those projects, then I won't be open to receive the things that I'm trying to align with now.
0: Yeah. I believe um, that too. Yeah. Okay, we are going to come up with some suggestions for Christian, but this feels like a great place to take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. I'm very excited about this one, Kohler Signature Stores and Experience Centers. Have you ever done a project without Kohler? I don't think I have. Kohler Co., of course, is a global leader in the manufacture of kitchen and bath products, and it's continuing to expand its presence in North America, opening a 38th Kohler Signature Store in Torrance, California. Now, that's not too far from me in Santa Monica. I may have to check it out, although I frequently use the West Hollywood stores. Kohler stores offer sophisticated displays, elaborately designed suites, and vignettes so I get great ideas, and they showcase all the Kohler family brands. Kohler, Kalista, Roburn, and Ansax Tile and Stone. One of the cool things about these experiential spaces is they offer, for example, working shower systems, lighted mirrors, intelligent toilets. You can figure out how everything works so when you present it to your clients, you're the expert. Listen, just as I have an A-team of contractors, plumbers, and electricians, I also have an A-team of suppliers and Kohler is at the top of my list. So I wholeheartedly recommend you check out the nearest Kohler signature store or experience center. And if there isn't one physically close to you, don't worry, you can visit them online and virtually. If you want to look good to your clients over and over again, and I know you do, you have to rely on brands you can trust. To find a Kohler Signature Store or Experience Center near you, go to stores.kohler.com or go to Business of Design and we'll have the link right there for you. Thank you, Kohler, for sponsoring Business of Design. We really appreciate it. Well, so much has changed. You're just not at all the same person you were when you were in Tennessee. And so for one thing, you already know in your new life here in Los Angeles, you're never going to rest on your laurels again like you did in Tennessee. You're never going to waste a job and do that work, that hard draining work that you're good at. You're never going to do that for free. You're always going to make what you need to make in order to create a sustainable business. So that's amazing because you're that you're never going backwards. It's only going forward from this point on. So then a lot of people are saying like, "Oh yeah, I just started too. And what do I do to get that first client? How do I get that first client? Have you had a first client yet?"
3: Um it's funny because I've had two opportunities that like it's funny cuz one of the, one of the questions I really wanted to ask you was, do I have to kind of go back to a beginner's mindset? You just told me I didn't, that I'm never going to go back to pre-work again. But like when I did start, you know, I was just taking whatever came my way. And the two projects that I've had potential, you know, st- or, excuse me, potential to lead the project, I went in with my contract. I went in with my competence and my full rate and explained how things went. And I did not get those jobs. Um, one of them was a friend of my partner. Um, I feel like she wanted me to go in like, oh, well, we're friends and you know that I don't really want to pay a lot. I mean, she's got plenty of money she has a fabulous house in studio city. Um, but she just didn't want to pay, you know, full price for anything. Fair and then the other, yeah, the other person was a friend of a friend that I met at a dinner, And um, she has plenty of money, too, I'm sure. Um, But they're renting a really fabulous apartment in Hancock Park and, like, looking for a house in Hancock Park. She brought me over to the house to have a consultation. We went through the contract and reviewed all the details. And then it just kind of kept going back to, like, well, my husband isn't sure. Hmm. Um, I should have had the husband involved from the beginning,
0: but... You know it it's it's bad luck I'm sorry that that's happening but I don't think see for me if I if, if I could channel myself a younger version of myself how I would have interpreted that then is well this isn't working I'm charging too much I'm gonna I'm freaking them out I'm gonna have to lower my rate I'm gonna have to work for free that's how I would have interpreted that but you're not gonna do that the reality is those just weren't your jobs and the, you there are jobs waiting for you but those two weren't your jobs but you got the practice of reading the contract and you can can continue to just stand firm in the knowledge you know exactly what you're doing and keep channeling how you feel with those clients in Tennessee who are the ideal clients because that's who you're looking for in LA as well. And I think maybe for your first couple of jobs in LA, like, you know, maybe it's not perfect to work for a friend of a friend. Maybe you just need to find that client who you don't know at all. So, how do you find that client? So, a couple of things. If you have any relationship or you can make a relationship with any of the great shops that you would like to work with, that can be a really good lead in. So for example... Um, if I was in, um, if I was looking for a, a client, I would think, who are my favorite stores that I buy a lot of furniture from? Like in LA, I go, I do a lot with Lawson Fenning or with Ann Sacks Tile, or you know, there's just various people that I go to over and over again. I would talk to those people and say, I need clients. I have tons of clients in Tennessee, and now I need tons of clients in LA, or you know, not tons, but I need the right clients. How can I? How can I get Clients who want me to choose every single time Ansex tile. Because yeah. I know the customer who likes tiles is is Ansex tiles is my customer. That is my customer. So I'd be very select about the shops I went to and just say, what's it gonna take for me to work with some of your clients? How can we make that happen? Um, the other thing is I just I think if I were in a situation where I had to start over, I would try to channel a sense of desperation that, you know, feeding my family depends on me finding this job. And if that's how I feel, what would I be willing to do to find that job? What what lengths would I be willing to go to, right? Like it's okay to put out the word with everybody you know that you're looking for work. You know, explain that you're a high end luxury designer in Tennessee, and you have lots of work there. But you need to now transition to Los Angeles. And I know that there are are people in LA who would say, I I love that she's from a different place. I don't want the same old same old that everybody's gotten. She's got this different experience. So have you have what have you tried?
3: Um. Well, my partner, Richard's a little bit older and he has a great network of friends. So whenever they're all English, (laughs) um, whenever I'm with them, uh, I, I try to peddle myself, but then I also feel pretty cheesy and like, I know, lying. And again, like I've been saying that for a few years and no, the only person who has reached out has then been like blown away by my prices. You know, the, the other thing that I kind of keep thinking is real estate agents. Mm-hmm. My former boss had a, an agent that fed him a lot of his best projects. I I, I like that you said desperation because I've been, I think it's better to think of desperation and in, in the way that you're kind of like peddling yourself rather than like desperate for the job so that you, you, you know, discount your rates or you take on free work or whatever. Um, because I've been thinking that it would make sense to kind of show up to to agencies or to send out like basically cold calls slash cold emails and say like, look, I'm doing this. I'd love to be connected with some of your clients. I've done that a couple times to no avail. And then I reached out to the Pasadena showcase house a few times. They finally followed up with me and have asked me to, to participate this year.
0: Oh, that's um, a good one. Yeah. I feel like
3: that could be, that could be a great end. Um, but it's not paid work.
0: <laughs> no, but so. it's, it really gets your face out there. And just as a side note, just, you know, I, I know when we do show houses for years, we would do these show houses and it's expensive to do it. It costs money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's fun, but sure. it, in your showing off and that's all good. But a few years in a row, we didn't get any clients. And then we said, well, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? If we're not getting clients, we decided we wanted to do something that would get us more attention. And so we hired this really handsome guy to walk around in his bathing Suit and we had this bedroom and we said he was the pool boy and the bedroom had these little hints all over the place. The, the woman who lived in the house was having an affair with the pool boy and so he was the pool boy at the opening night party and every single person who came to that event took a picture with the pool boy. We got so many inquiries after that show house oh, so because everyone remembered us. So don't tell everybody you're going to do that, but think of some way to, to make your room memorable for people so they say they go oh my god I love the blah 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 that happened in that one room because everybody in those show houses is so talented right but you want to be the the name that they remember so so that I mean that makes me think too every single thing you do is an opportunity so take full advantage of that opportunity don't waste a second on on any opportunities do you have any press that you've done in Tennessee or anywhere that you can kind of promote in LA? And kind of get some press going?
3: Um, so the house that I worked at the showcase house in Tennessee, um, finished in, or excuse me, like I guess wrapped in December of last year. Um, and I have really great photographers who are connected press-wise. Um, so they're looking to push it for to a couple of magazines. They're also photographing some current projects in Tennessee for me now, and we're slotted to potentially do like House Beautiful, um, what was the other one they were excited about? Maybe Milieu? You
0: that, would that, be, that would be very cool for you because it's possible that those two clients you met with thought you were really great in person after you left, did some Googling, and couldn't find what they needed to back up your position, how you've positioned your brand. In Los Angeles, right? So that press helps to build that trust. We talked about that in the last episode, podcast 291 last week. People don't trust you if they don't know you. And of course, they can't know you physically face to face, but they get to know you by the collaterals they find about you online. I think they're actually looking to see that there's a consistency across all the different touch points where they can find your name. And you did work really hard to grow your positioning in Memphis, and you don't want to backslide now that you're in LA, so press would be really good for you.
3: Yes, that it's in the works, um, nothing
0: yet. Okay, here's another idea. If I had to start over again, I would figure out someone to partner with, and I would host a really great Swish evening. So, I've used this example before. Um, we take, uh, in the past, I've taken different groups of people to different cities to learn about architecture and design. And one mm-hmm. of the cities we did was New York City, and we got in touch with Tori Birch, and we asked if we could have a morning. Uh, where the store, I think the store opened at 10, we wanted to come in at like nine. So we had a fashion show, we had mimosas, we had, um, everybody got 10% off the store graciously said 10% off for everybody. Everybody bought tons of merchandise. It was so crazy. Everyone's buying wow. purses and shoes. It was like they had one hour before the store opened. I don't know. It was with mimosas and the handsome waiters. I don't know, but it was insane. Tory Burch loved it, and now I didn't. I wasn't trying to get clients out of it, but it made me think I would host an event. So if your husband, if your partner is. Um, if he's connected, if he's got friends and family, and you can invite any potential clients to mm. something that feels exclusive. And then don't make it a hard sell, but some at some point... It, early in the event, you'll welcome everybody, you'll tell them what you do, you'll show a couple pictures of your last project that was in House Beautiful, and you'll say, now some of you in this room are going to work with me, some of you are going to be my clients and I'm super excited about that, but tonight let's just have fun kind of thing. Put it out there that you're looking for clients, but you're setting up this really cool evening for them. And the thing about a night like that, it it could be partnering with a real estate agent. It could be partnering with a great furniture store. Um, the thing about a night like that is they'll use their mailing list to get more clients there and you'll invite a bunch of people. I would, that's what I would do.
3: I love that idea Kimberly. That's such a good idea. Can I come?
0: I will happily come. Are you on the West coast right now? I will. I'll be in LA for a short period in October and then I'll kind of be there from January to, um, to, to June. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Are you mostly in
0: Toronto right now? Half the year in Toronto and half the year in LA and, you know, okay. and then whatever. I don't, I don't yeah. know where I, I never know where I am. <laughs> I kind of miss COVID. I knew where I was. I was only in one spot. Now I I'm like, I don't know. know. I know. I, yeah. yeah, I would, totally. that would be so fun um, to help you okay. with.
3: I think it would be amazing. I love, love, love that idea. Um, The other thing I wanted to ask specifically about was social media. Um, I feel like when I started, like it was kind of easy to get seen on social because the platform wasn't like, just wasn't what it is now. Um, And especially like in Los Angeles, hashtagging yourself as an LA designer, (laughs) like there are a million people doing that every second. Like you're not going to get seen. No. Do you feel like it makes sense to put, like, it's not my nature to be on social all day long. Do you think it makes sense to pour efforts into that? Like is it important for potential clients to go to your Instagram and see wow, she's got these followers or whatever?
0: I think the reason I need to be on social media and aware of social media is because my potential clients will go there to see what I'm doing. I'm not a good example because I've never had to rely on social media to get clients. I'm, I was already established. So my feed right. is full of travel and tequila and business of design. So... Yeah. Um, But I do think clients will go to your Insta page to see, to TikTok or whatever, to see what you're up to. So I do think for that reason, you need to do it. But I don't think it's a full-time job kind of thing where it's... I mean, I know that people, some people disagree. Some people say they get good clients from social media, but I don't hear that that frequently anymore.
3: Right. I always, my justification for not pouring a lot of time and effort into it is that like people are using it as a place for inspiration and those people can't necessarily afford me. (laughs) Um, They kind of want a DIY usually, or they want tips or they want, you know.
0: So that's such a good point because I don't want, I don't do DIY and I don't want DIY customers. So I won't put any DIY on my... Facebook page but I'll put like that I'm cycling in Scotland because I know that my clients also love to go on ex, you know extravagant vacations. So in a way even though it's not interior design it's like oh she I think she would get us. I think she she's oh she's staying at that hotel. Oh okay, I think she would understand what we're looking for. Totally. So it's it is about being completely consistent so that any little bit of collateral a client might see at any point would speak to who you are today as an interior design professional.
3: Okay that's reassuring cuz i don't want i don't want a poor effort at
0: you. i mean i know there are companies that will like do your posts you know. know and i do yeah. i just mm, i don't know, I, know. I, I when i talk to designers and i say who's following you they say other designers oh, <laughs> liking and loving and you know you see the same oh, thing totally. yeah it's become quite incestuous but maybe yeah. i'm i don't know maybe i'm not the right person to no, maybe i, I don't know that. and i do want to say this one thing you know goals are important But more important, far more important, is creating those systems that will put you where you need to be every single day. And then one day you look up and you've reached your goal. We recently reviewed the book, Atomic Habits at a BOD Live, and I am just more convinced than ever that what James Cleary writes in the book is true. We do not rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. So having said that, I think what's really important is for you, Christian, to develop a system for yourself whereby you're looking for the right clients in LA. And that could be something as simple as 10 minutes a day. You're going to make phone calls or do face-to-face meets with people who might connect you with the right client. It could be making three phone calls a week where you're asking directly for someone to connect you with the right client. But that system, once I have that system written down in paper and I block that time in my calendar, I'm much more likely to take those steps and create the result that I'm looking for. Without the system, I'm not getting to the goal. That's been my experience anyway. And we will talk more about Atomic Habits in an upcoming episode. And Christian, I think you had at least another question.
3: Okay. One more thing. Like I I feel like... um... Now is the time, as I'm starting over, to, like, really be intentional about my marketing and the face I'm presenting. Um, I love that I actually have your book, too, and I love the worksheets in the beginning that talk about um, kind of defining your mission statement and your message and your ethos and and all of that. And um, how important do you think, like, getting that message out in the beginning is, In aligning with your potential clients, should that be like a cornerstone for bringing them in and then also weeding out the ones who maybe aren't a good fit? Like, Do you start doing that weeding out no matter if you have work or not?
0: Isn't that scary? I know you start thinking about, in fact, the podcast we did last week was about niching down and you think, oh my gosh, I don't have enough work. How can you ask me to niche down now and focus on this narrow group of clients when I don't have enough work? But The paradox is you have to do that if you want to work in a a way that's sustainable. If you want those satisfying projects that you know you're destined to do, you do still need to niche down. And I don't know if um, doing the mission statement, was it more helpful for me to understand who I am or more helpful for the client to read who I am? I actually think it was more helpful for me. Those exercises like defining your value and the consultation, uh, and then there's another when we do salary, profit, and wealth. Um, salary, uh, what? There's another one: salary, revenue, profit, and wealth. That course. There's another. Um, exercise. That's what I'm looking for. There's another exercise in there that talks about defining your value. I think that it's really important for me to do those so that when I meet a client, I can say, here's why you should hire me. And I can really mean it because I know the value I'm going to bring to this project. And it's not just, I'm going to make beautiful rooms. Who cares? Lots of people can do that. In fact, you can just go to Restoration Hardware and buy all their furniture. It's lovely. Nothing's wrong with it. right? But I have to be able to tell the client why they should hire me me instead of going that less expensive route. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good to talk to you. So, you know, we end every episode with design intervention. What comes to mind?
3: I mean, bill for your time. Track every single second. I I tell... friends who like come to me now they're like how'd you make all this money what are you doing I tell them I'm like if I'm thinking about the project I bill for it yeah that's right I I if you if you cross my mind and I came up with an idea while I was sitting poolside
0: I write down I love it so what do you say to the designer listening who says I do flat fees so I don't have to bother logging my hours you should
3: still log your hours if you while you're doing that flat fee it's funny because even with um our renovations that we're doing on our house I'm logging my time so that I can know and see like how if I'm getting faster if I did something that was more effective and if I am faster and I still want to meet a certain amount of money at the close of the project then my rate has to go up. So I'm I'm
0: a stickler for it now, Kimberly. I'm so impressed. That's so good. I've never logged my hours on my own renovation, but that would be a really smart thing to do. I love that. And you know, if you're renovating your house right now, pictures, 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 and get press around what you're doing now in your house. You don't have to say it's your house. You can say it's for a client, but that's a good start too. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know we, we met the contractor yesterday and <laughs> Richard and I were like, oh no, we have a lot more work to do than we thought we did. But I think it's going to be a great marketing tool in the end. So oh,
0: absolutely. And you might even be able to use your own house as an event space, you know, where you invite people oh. in and host an evening where you talk about how to run a design project, you know, get get um, find a book club that gets together and do a great design book and you lead the conversation and like just be like, when I say I hate to say desperate because I feel like there's there's part of us as we're thinking about leading a spiritual life where we just want to know we're going to be okay and we're going to clean the we're going to clean out the channel of the stuff that doesn't work and let the universe bring to us what does work. But I also want to make sure I'm really clear in my intention. I guess that's what I mean by desperate. Be be ultra clear in your intention and go for it. Really mean it. Put it out there that that's what you want and that's what you get.
3: I think that's perfectly stated because I, it's, been, it's been interesting to kind of see the balance of the, the intentionality and kind of following the, the leads of the universe and then also watching everything that's for me truly just arrive at my doorstep, which I've been able to do so over the past few years. It's just not been of my own doing. However, when I was brought the thing, I had the tools and I had done the work and I was willing to work hard and to stay in my work and do the 15 steps and record my time and, and stay intentional and stay focused, even though I had done nothing to pursue those leads. But now I want to be intentional about getting my own leads.
0: So Yeah. And Bernie's watching, right? You have the yes, obligation exactly. of showing her what it takes to be a successful business person. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Tot- okay. Well, I'm going to meet you in LA one day soon. I'm sure of it.
3: Absolutely. Yes.
0: Thank you, Kimberly. So good to meet you, Christian. Thank you so much.
3: All right. Thanks, Kimberly.
2: Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.